Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. All right, welcome. It's a new episode of Breaking the Safe with professional scrum trainers, me, Ryan Ripley, and Yuval Yurit, and also Safe Fellow, Yuval Yurit. So Yuval, you came back. Um, <laughs> so happy you joined us again. Um, actually really appreciate the community's warm reception to the videos. Lots of really great questions. And uh, that's what we wanted. We want your pushback. We want your questions. We want that all to be done respectfully. And I think so far, everyone in the comments has been really cool about asking very um, interesting questions. Would you agree, Yuval? Yes, definitely. So. A full backlog. We have a full backlog of questions to, to address. So. Yeah, and we're going to try to tackle one of those today. It's one that I actually, this is one of my personal favorites. I'm glad it came up so many times. Why did SAFE redefine the Scrum Master role? And so, Yuval, let's start with the why, and maybe we'll get into the how and some of the mechanics and the principles, but just any as much as you can speak to it, why did the, the SAFE powers that be decide that what's in the Scrum Guide is not exactly what they're going to put into the Scaled Agile framework? I so, so maybe it makes sense to actually start with what changes were made so we sure. can understand the why. Yeah. So I guess the the biggest change between the Scrum Guide, Scrum Master, the Professional Scrum Master, and the Safe Scrum Master is that the Safe Scrum Master is more more of a focal point. They're expected to do everything that the professional scrum master is expected to do, where, you know, have all the choices, wear all the hats, operate from all of the stances of a coach, a mentor, a teacher. All of that is great. Beyond that, the safe scrum master is more of a focal point for the team. You could even say more like a technical lead manager for the team. You could still see it as a technical, as a leader who serves the way we describe it in the Scrum Guide. So I don't think there's a huge difference 
from that perspective. But what SAFE did was what a lot of organizations do, if we're honest about it, they struggle to figure out this weird role, this scrum master role. It is a weird role, right? Um, and in most organizations, the scrum master takes on more than just removing impediments for the team, takes on some active leadership, active project management roles for the team. Whether we talk about it, you know, in the scrum guide or not, that happens in the trenches. And what SAFE did is it actually um, brought that real-world practice from the trenches into the definitions in SAFE. Why did they do that? I, I wasn't there when that decision was made, but like many other decisions, SAFE is trying to streamline the path of change for organizations that are trying to become more agile. SAFE is taking the approach of evolution rather than revolution. If you remember back in the day when, you know, there was this huge argument around is the right approach to change management, the scrum, burn all your ships uh, approach, Kanban provided, you know, a more evolutionary approach of start with what you have, respect the current way things are working, respect the current roles, but agree to pursue evolutionary change. SAFE is actually closer to Kanban from a change management perspective. And I think a lot of agilists don't really realize that. SAFE is respecting the way things are done to a fault <laughs> sometimes. Sure. And if you're respecting the way things are done too much and not challenging the comfort zone, you would not change. So what you need is to start from a certain place, but pursue evolutionary change, move more to, to operate more from a coaching mindset, from a servant leadership mindset, and kind of over time put aside the classic um, management, project management choices that, um, that these people are used to make. So how does SAFE define that path? So, so what I'm hearing you say is, and I want to make sure I've got this right, from a, a safe perspective, the scrum master is expected to do all of the things that we would teach in professional scrum, but, but the safe powers that be, they said, look, in the trenches, this is a very difficult transition. We have people still acting as managers, team leads, project managers. Let's codify some of that and then over time expect more. Is that the case? Over time, expect less of that. More of the servant leadership. Right, more right. of the servant leadership. Yes, that, that's and, more or less how it's described. Also, if you look at the, the framework definition, maybe even if we open framework.com and go to the Scrum Master page, sure, you won't have that much of an argument with what's what's written there. I mean, I haven't looked recently, but... We won't have too much of an argument there. Our main argument would be with how this is practiced and with the emphasis the people have. So it's really important for people that are implementing SAFE to emphasize the Scrum Master choices. I think it would be great if all you know SAFE Scrum Masters actually get exposed to the content of the professional Scrum Master and especially the the professional scrum master, you know, advanced to um, content, class, mindset, 
grandmasters in SAFE are exposed to advanced facilitation techniques and liberating structures, you know, and that's even part of the SAFE classes. I don't think it's as evil as, you know, people portray to be, and I don't think the gap is as big as people portray to be. What do you think is the biggest gap? Like, for so these horror stories about a a safe scrum master, they don't come out of thin air, right? And so there's got to be some some very direct language where you would say, yeah, this kind of makes sense for people to be a little upset. The focal point is one of the biggest gaps uh, that I see. So um, in safe, the scrum masters are the team's representative for the scrum of scrums, for example. They are the focal points in PI planning that when you make those choices, you put these people into a mode of leading the team and the team actually relinquishing some power to these scrum masters rather than being self-managed. For me, that's that's the biggest gap. Yeah, so I mean, let's... I think you made a, a really good note here. If we look at the safe scrum master, the way it's defined on the website today, there's talk of, you know, the primary focus is helping a team achieve its goals. I think from a professional scrum standpoint, we can agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's various backgrounds that we come from. And I think that's fair as well. Uh, the attributes, empathy, conflict, negotiation, servant leadership, mentorship, transparency, and coaching. I don't know what I would argue with there. I yeah. think those things are all true. And these are Yeah, I suspect that, the responsibilities is where we'll start to find some beats. Yeah, the responsibilities are kind of interesting, right? There are some critical responsibilities. Um, building high-performing teams, improving flow, supporting iteration, execution, facilitating PI planning, and perfu- improving art performance. Um, I think this is where some of it gets interesting, right? Yeah, but again, at this level, there's not too much. I mean, they have an active role in facilitating PI planning across teams. But that's okay. Uh, I think that's a great, you know, facilitation is one of the superpowers of a great Scrum Master. So it's only natural for the Scrum Masters to help a team of teams plan. I I don't see an issue with that. Yeah, the issue I go ahead. Oh, please. No, you're, you're the expert. I want to, I want to hear where you were going. I I guess the issue for me, and I'm actually encouraged by the direction that the language around the scrum master has taken in safe over time. And, um, you know, maybe if we talk in a couple of months, we'll even like the, the language, uh, a bit more. No promises, <laughs> um, but there's definitely the legacy of the expectation from a scrum master in SAFE, which is to be the team's focal point uh, representative. And, and I like the fact that that's being de-emphasized, at least in the framework. If we go, if we will go and visit, you know, 10 companies that are implementing SAFE right now, a lot, I would guess that seven or eight out of them, assuming, you know, they're the typical uh, safe implementation that's not run by professional scrum trainers. Um, we will probably find scrum masters that are 
you know, the focal point for the team, where the team is asking the Scrum Masters to do much more for them than we would recommend. Yep. That's not in the framework, but that's there in the trenches. But if we go to seven or 70 Scrum teams that are not being coached or trained by professional Scrum trainers or, you know, uh, uh, Scrum Alliance uh, trainers, we'll probably find a lot of Scrum Masters that, you know, look very similar. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a fair call out for an anti-pattern in the in the community, right? The scrum master that's still being a project manager, the scrum master that's diminishing the product owner, the scrum master that's uh, trying to be the the team boss. Like we see that. In fact, Todd and I we wrote a lot about it in in fixing your scrum, right? So I definitely definitely have to concede that um, that that's that's a true thing. To codify it though is interesting, and I think some of the impacts. It, it's interesting when we look at preparing for PI planning. Like you'll see that the safe scrum master is ensuring that the team's briefed by program managers and stakeholders, and they're facilitating aspects of PI planning. The RTE is facilitating others. And I think one of the things that you run into when you diminish um, or, or when you amplify the scrum master role and the focus on the scrum master, you see the, the product owner gets severely diminished. Right. And so maybe that'll be the subject of another video. Why is the product owner more tactical at a story level than than elevated in professional scrum? But I think that's when when the scrum master is out of balance, you would almost think inherently the product owner would have to be pushed down. Does that make sense? I, I see that sometimes. Um, the the thing I really agree with you on is that there's a bigger gap on what product ownership looks like in safe versus sure. professional scrum. And that's definitely a video, you know, one of our next episodes. Yep. Um, I, I guess, you know, if we kind of step aside from what we see in this document, which, you know, I think is not as evil as people portray to be, um, I think the real challenge that SAFE um, highlights is that organizations struggle to find who are these Scrum Masters. Yeah. Who should be the wearing the Scrum Master hat, you know, take on the Scrum Master accountability in the organization. And it's an ongoing challenge. And, you know, do, does it make sense to have people dedicated to this accountability does it make sense for people that um for looking at the scrum master accountability as what leadership in the organization looks like moving forward i think that's where we should focus on it's not necessarily a safe conversation but it's a conversation that we need to have in the you know in the scrum world in the scrum community um and rather than just stick to the puristic you know, Scrum Master needs to be doing these things and, you know, should never be the uh, the manager and and all yeah, that. But I, uh, I will push back. I will push back just a little bit. Right. So in safe, the Scrum Master is expected to be that team representative amongst other teams. So when they go mm -hmm. to a Scrum of Scrums or an Art Sync or, or one of these um, activities, it is the scrum master who is going and representing the team, not a product owner, not a developer, uh, which can be interesting. Um, yeah. and, and so I do think there is this, this elevated 
type of stance. The thing is, I'm not sure, and this will get me shot in some circles, but I'm not sure I have such a big issue with that. Mm. Um, what I would, what I would like to see, and I think you've you've highlighted this as well, is the transparency behind that decision. I, it would almost be, it would be interesting if Safe would just come out and say, "Look, a Scrum Master in a scaled agile environment is a delivery manager. So grab a delivery manager and teach them how to be a Scrum Master because this is what we need." Given that we have PI planning, we have a, the art sinks, we have Scrum of Scrums, this is what we need to facilitate all of these other yeah. layers. I think that then at least we could look at it and say, okay, that's what they're doing. And the rest of this, while we may not agree with it, it makes sense. Does that resonate? Yeah. So I could see a world where the Scrum Master in SAFE was not called Scrum Master where they were called scrum leader, you know, agile team lead, you know, team captain, whatever. Just call it agile delivery manager because that's honestly what they've defined, right? Um, they've defined a mix, to be honest. Okay. They've defined somebody that is a team level coach or flow coach for the team and does some aspects of uh, delivery lead for the team. Uh, the... You know, of course, for any one of these things, there's always the question, why did they keep the Scrum Master name? And I think it's clear why did they keep the Scrum Master name. The Scrum Master name has a lot of value um, and a lot of context behind it. So it's, you know, do we leverage what everybody knows about Scrum Master and bring all these choices and value into a safe environment, but we need to tweak it a bit? to make it work in our environment or do we use a different name and lose all of the value, both business value and actual know-how and expertise that people associate with the Scrum Master role. Well, um, there's commercial when value. When we make that decision, there's commercial value for sure. Yes. So, and, and it also, I mean, if I'm a Scrum Master taught by, as you mentioned, we're, you know, of course we're scrum.org, but we throw Scrum Alliance in there too. Um, if I'm taught by one of those organizations, I've, I've been given a pretty good foundation of Scrum. And if I see, oh, Scrum Master over in SAFE, then I'm, I'm comfortable with that movement. If I see a different title, yeah, I mean, so there are, I mean, we, and I appreciate you acknowledging that. There's some commercial aspects, there's some business aspects, there's some team aspects. Um, I, the focus is going to be, I think, the big sticking point, especially in the professional Scrum community, right? We actually have... Uh, the advanced Scrum Master class, the PSM2, where the Scrum Master question mark is directive. The Scrum, the Scrum Master question mark is making decisions for the team and doing those Scrum of Scrums as a representative and judging the work and and di being directive. And we see that as a we teach that as an anti pattern that we're trying to improve through the the empowered Scrum Master who is there to enable teams to be effective and high performing. And so I think that's going to be the that's always going to be that 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 part where the shirt gets snagged a bit and the thread comes undone, right? It's yeah. Is it is it a surmountable difference? I think so, but I I would imagine it's going to be because Safe will continue to refine their thoughts on the Scrum Master, not the other way around. I agree. I agree, and you know personally as a as a professional Scrum trainer and a Safe fellow. You know, I wrote about improving SAFE through some of the ideas from professional Scrum. And if you take my, you know, SAFE classes, I talk about, you know, this 
difference as a gap that is worthwhile thinking about and over time maybe start as being the focal point for your team but over time make the choice not to be make the choice to stay away from that and let the team you know send whoever's the right person to the the art scene to the scrum of scrums um we changed the scrum of scrums over time to be more of a retrospective continuous improvement community of practice rather than the place where you know delivery management and execution is discussed so there are things that we are doing to help organizations leverage the value of you know the scrum master as defined in the scrum guide in parallel to to say yeah and i've i've gone ahead and put your article up here i think you've been very transparent about the areas that you see um, opportunities for improvement. And I, and I think that's great. We'll put links to all of these uh, posts in the show notes. I think it's important to check these out. Um, but yeah, I, where I'm landing with this. And so you've all, I appreciate you talking through the differences, the why makes sense, right? The why um, I may not agree with it, but I understand where they got it. Right. So in uh, especially uh, LKU, right. They say, start where you're at and then uh, move forward. So that's one flavor of Kanban. Um, it's a little different than, uh, than pro Kanban, but so start where you're at and the, what the, what the safe position, I think what I've heard is their position is look, most scrum masters are, uh, project managers trying to grow into servant leaders. Is that fair? And Ooh. so since they're there, let's define it in a way that, that they can actually get some success in that it resonates, but we're aspiring to diminish some of those more directive controlling behaviors. We're trying to amplify um, some more of those professional scrum behaviors. And over time, we should see, hopefully in the safe literature, more push towards the professional scrum side or the, um, the more empowered scrum master side and more of a diminishment of those old practices we're trying to move away from. Exactly. Well, and, and so this will play into future videos because I think one of the big critiques that we, we saw in the comments, and by the way, all of you were awesome in the comments. It's tons of questions that'll keep us going for a while. Some people will say you implement safe so that you never have to change. And so that's something that we're definitely, that's the, that, I think that's the elephant in the room that we're going to have to address at some point. Some people, people do, right? What's some that? People, some people implement safe to avoid really changing. Sure. Like some people implemented the Kanban board to, you know, say, yeah, we have a Kanban board. We don't have to go through the hard job of implementing Scrum, which also means you, you're not really changing. You're not really improving. Right. I, I, I think most frameworks we pick, whether it's Scrum, Kanban, or Safe, they're going to identify problematic areas, right? And so now we have to decide, do we address those or not? So I think that's ubiquitous. That is across all all, all implementations. Very cool. Anything else that I'm missing? Anything else that you're missing? What else should we say about the Scrum Master role in a safe context, Juvel? How about the class? I know you do you teach you teach the Scrum Master class for safe, correct? Okay. Yeah. And so what I would teach you say? the professional Scrum Master class more often. Right. So when you think about the two courses, if you had, and it, it might be the same that it, the focus is different. If you had to, if you think about the philosophy, the, the flow, the, uh, the, the undercurrent, the, and the overall messaging of each class, like what would stick out as like the main differentiator? Yeah. 
besides the professional scrum course being amazing. Scrum <laughs> yes, master class is also amazing when I teach it. So um, yeah, but if you think about the philosophies between the yeah, two yeah, yeah. and the yeah. yeah, so so the professional scrum master class is probably the best introduction to Scrum and empiricism out there. Okay? No, not even a question. The safe Scrum Master class is sometimes people's uh, introduction to the world of Agile. Sometimes they go through another class. The class does introduce Agile and Agility. It focuses much more on the um, Team level agility practices, the you know activities, the responsibilities, the characteristics of um, a scrum master, both with team level agility, but also how does that apply in scale? So beyond you know team level activities, what's your role as a scrum master when it comes to the art, to PI planning, to coordinating with other teams? That's something that is not really a conversation topic in the uh, the PSM class. Any sort of scaling is, you know, only a very, you know, only a couple of minutes are spent yeah. on uh, scaling. There are some fun exercises around that, but it's not a major uh, topic in the PSM class. I think that's the major uh, difference. A person coming out of a PSM class, professional scrum master class, would leave with a very deep understanding of empiricism and agility. Um, I'm not so sure about, the, you know, that they would come out of a safe Scrum Master class and seeing transparency, inspection, adaptation. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair point. Um, I think another difference, and I want to ask this because I don't want to assume, uh, in, our, in our professional Scrum Master courses, the level one, level two, there's a lot of talk about how the scrum master is the agile coach to the entire organization. So not only is the scrum master a team level role, we have accountabilities um, to product. We have accountabilities to the org. We're trying to facilitate and create an environment where scrum can exist. We're also, I mean, we're the change agents. So we're working outside of the scrum bubble. Uh, would you say that in safe, the scrum master is expected to coach up and down the org chart and work with leadership and, and escape that, that team bubble? No, they're not. Um, so similar to the pragmatic choice, I'll say in safe to separate product ownership and product management, which is a separate conversation. Yep. Um, there's another pragmatic choice to separate scrum master release train engineer, which is like the chief scrum master for the agile release train um, and the, the safe program consultant, uh, which is sort of a more generic coach for the organization, not even necessarily a specific agile release train. The accountability we talk about in the scrum guide is kind of spread between these three roles. Yeah. And it feels like a hierarchy gets built. I'd imagine the scrum masters roll up to the RTE and the RTE is to that overall coach. I mean, it's a, it's a value stream network rather than organizational structure. So safe doesn't really tell organizations how to design the hierarchy. There's no 
opinion you, about that, but that's what you see in a lot of organizations. So in, in practice. And so this is probably another one of those sticking points for agile practitioners where they say we've created hierarchy amongst these agilists. We've separated that. We've basically separated two key accountabilities from a scrum master. Um, and, yeah, and so the same creates, people that have an issue with agile coach versus scrum master probably have an issue here as well. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, I, I we're just talking through it. I'm not trying to judge it. I'm just, no, no, it's, but, but I think it's good to pull some of this apart and see uh, from a practical stance where some of the, the misconceptions and where some of the fair criticisms come from. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if I'm honest about it, I think that in the scrum.org world as well, we see it as a journey for a scrum master that over time they, grow the chops and the kahunas to coach the organization. It's not something we expect out of, you know, somebody that's, you know, is coaching their first team. Safe provides more structure and prescription around that for good and bad. Some organizations appreciate the prescription for some organizations. It's a bit too much. So what is it within safe or within the safe courses or the literature, like anywhere in that, that echo sphere or echo cycle, where is it that, where's that thing that provokes a scrum master to aspire to be more than just where they start? Cause in, in the scrum.org world, we have the PSM two that really provokes that whole change of, Hey, you're doing mechanical zombie scrum. You're doing bad scrum the way that Todd and I defined it in our book, like however you, whatever you want to call it, we are, we are actively and regularly provoking these scrum masters to bust out of the project manager mold, to work in the organization, to be a great partner to a product owner. So what is it in the safe world that acts as that lure or lever or magnet to kind of pull that scrum master out of that lull of where they're at and into something better? There are a couple of things. One is even the fact that in the framework there is this concept of the... Scrum Master for the Agile Release Train, the RTE role, that's a very clear next step for Scrum Masters. They see SPCs as something that they want to aspire to. And each one of these is both a class and, you know, a role in the in the enterprise or, you know, an accountability that they could have. Um, Diving deeper as a Scrum Master, there's the Safe Advanced Scrum Master, which is somewhat comparable to the advanced professional scrum master um, curriculum um, in being something that, you know, helps scrum masters dive deeper into how to show up effectively with, you know, with the team, with the team of teams. Sure. No, I appreciate that. I mean, and so again, it's a more prescribed path of advancement than what you would see in a, a typical scrum implementation. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so definitely pros and cons there, right? I think a lot of the prescription fits well in midsize traditional organizations. I think in future video videos, we'll talk about how some of the tech giants have, have evolved past that. And I have a very specific thought on why that is. And I'm, I'm, I can't wait to do that video and shoot that idea past you. Um, but I think in this case, look at where the modern organization is, find something that can sit on top of it that's hopefully minimal and lightweight and provoke through courses and and prescription and some hierarchy a better way of performing over time. Does that sound mm-hmm. right? Yep. Cool. Well, I think we've answered the question. What do you think, Yuval? I hope. I hope. Well, 
you know what's nice about this whole uh, feedback loop thing? If we haven't, everyone will let us know in the comments. And yeah. so, Yuval, thanks for going through that question. I know it's not always an easy one to answer, um, but I think you did great. You know, why did Safe redefine the Scrum Master role where there's a lot of good reasons in here and some some pros and cons as we talk through it? Um, check out the sites in the in the description. Everything that we showed, we'll link to. Uh, we want you to read into this. We'll get some professional Scrum ideas up there too. Um, we want you to dig into this and do some of your own research, right? Don't listen to us. Check out, use us as a guidepost to learning more. Um, but yeah, be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes where Yuval and I continue to to work through this whole breaking the safe concept. Check out the description for more about Yuval, myself, courses, resources. Uh, keep up on social, right? You're going to learn more about what we're doing through Twitter and LinkedIn and maybe even some Facebook. And keep your questions coming. That comment section, let us know your thoughts on this episode. Did we answer the question? Do you have other questions that this episode has sparked? Keep them coming. And as long as there are good questions for us to dig into, we will continue to do videos. So for Yuval, I'm Ryan. Go forward, do a little research. Check out uh, the Scrum Master role within SAFE. Leave us your great, your great questions and comments below. And we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and Scrum on. <laughs>